Computer, initialize Holosuite. Shuttle with the blast shield. And welcome back this week to a brand new episode of Blast Shield, a Star Trek Lower Decks podcast. I am Kyle and I am looking at my darling wife, Katie, <laughs> who has just started laughing at me as I did this intro. Katie, first off, hello. Hi. Secondly, why the hell are you laughing at me? Because to get yourself geared up. You closed your eyes and started doing a little jig. I don't see you dance very often, so it, you know, shocked me to my core. Well, as I said to you before, I like to play similar music to Blast Shield in my head. Imagine the music's playing, and then just like get into it and just feel feel the rhythm of the music that's with us, supporting us. Which is the exact opposite of what you do when you intro a podcast episode. I look like a rabbit in the headlights, yeah. and I just go pineapples or say whatever comes to my head because I. Get stage fright. What are you going to do if we do one of these episodes live one day? Never. I'm not coming. <laughs> Katie, we're going to be talking about Star Trek Lower Decks this week, obviously, as we do every week on this show. Uh, we're talking about episode eight of season two, I Extremus. Was that the name? I didn't even know if that was the name Is of the episode. Extremus. Because yeah. I was thinking it sounds what did like I say? Ex- Extremus. Oh, I think of Extremus, I think, in oh, um, yeah. Marvel movies. Yeah. So I got the name of the episode wrong, so that's a good start. Yeah. Uh, but to be honest, overly complicated. Mm. Don't give me. A word in the title that has an X in it, unless it's going to be easy to say. Did it even have an X in the title? I don't think it did. Yeah, it was like excrement. Although I, I don't think excrement had anything to do with... Well, I figured that was a it was a joke about Boimler. Ah. Uh, so we'll start to talk about the episode quite soon. You look horrified at something you've seen behind me. I don't want to know yet. You've presumably seen some kind of horrible spider that... I ha- um, that's exactly what I'm... Right now, listeners... <laughs> It's all about to kick off. I'm watching a spider devour another spider on its web. Look at it. I can't see what you're seeing, so... Can't you? No. It's there. I can't see any. I mean, you're lucky. Wow. Oh, God. Okay, so let's bring it back from the spider slaughter that's taking place. Yeah, the episode this week is going to... Well, we're going to talk about how controversial it's been, because Katie, believe it or not, Twitter is lighting up. Oh, really? Uh, Lower Decks have been trending pretty much for the last three days straight because the gatekeepers, they be very stressed about certain nudity that we saw in this oh, episode. Oh, I was going to say. it's destroying Gene's vision. Now I can appreciate their view, you know. Gene, as I said on Twitter, used his wife to play a character who's probably the horniest character we've ever really had in Trek and used her in that role multiple times. Gene himself, you know, with his very pure, innocent view of the future, had Janice Rand uh, lusted after uh, very inappropriately a lot in Trek until she was unceremoniously fired from the show. Gene, who put the TOS ladies in short skirts and revealing outfits. Gene, who chose to have the second episode of TNG be devoted purely to everyone having sex with each other, uh, which is what this particular scene in this week's Lower Decks was doing a riff on. What else did Gene do that, you know, had his innocent, pure view of the future that he... I think what we should consider is what Gene didn't do. Gene wanted, you know, try to have three breasts when she started on the show. 
Jean, who is a well-known womanizer himself, people lost their jobs on TOS because they wouldn't sleep with him. But these gatekeepers are quite right. You know, what we saw on Lower Decks this week was totally against Jean's vision. Uh, if anything, actually, it was more in keeping with Jean's vision. We forget even most recent tracks. We've seen T'Pol's bum. We've seen Hoshi's top get pulled off when she was coming down a hatch for no reason whatsoever in Shockwave Part 2 of Star Trek Enterprise. What else have we seen? We've seen Dr. Phlox walking naked through sickbay with just like his pad or something covering his genitalia. I could go on and on. 7-9 we saw naked in certain positions before as well. This is just in the old track. So yes, Lower Decks is the first Star Trek to ever have what would be deemed as unnecessary nudity and sexual exploitation though. <laughs> okay. Yeah, so we'll come on to that later on in the show. Uh, I probably just aired all my thoughts on it just then actually absolutely ridiculous though but i thought we might as well address the uh, the naked elephant in the room why did i think of shacks when you said that <laughs> you know shacks as a naked man actually remind me of one of those uh Mugato things if you put a horn on him <laughs> he had very similar body shape i thought i can so see Mugatos. what you mean he reminded me of like stretch armstrong remember did, <laughs> yeah. I, did you have one of yeah. those as a kid uh, and just whilst we're on that point we'll come on to these scenes later jet he really like misses leg day he was all like ripped up top and his legs, these little tiny little sticks, which yeah. I thought was hilarious. But before we get into that anyway, Katie, it's a new week. Not a whole lot's happened now. We've been very busy as people. Mm. I'm busy with work. You've been busy with your work and uh, it's really going well for you right now in your job. You're doing a great job getting the kids into school and out of school and generally helping them survive before I get home from work too. Only um, just. But there was a slight blip this weekend when, uh, as if you haven't got enough on your plates, after going for brunch with a friend, Yesterday, you needed to get back and get Harrison to a birthday party Mm. of one of the people in his class. So tell me about that. So we went for brunch. It was lovely to be able to just get out and not have to consider the a million snacks that my children needed right Mm. now. And then I had to rush and get a birthday present because um, we have birthday party to go to. Harrison's super geared up for the birthday party. Didn't know where it was, so... Went on a little hunt on an industrial estate, looking for this place, found it, cool. And I was like, wow, someone up there is smiling at me because there is parking. There's parking right outside. How cool. Got the present out, got Harrison out. He was like super psyched. Walked in and I said, hi, I'm here for Lois's birthday. And they said, what? There's competition on today. I was like, "Mm, no. I checked my messages. It was today. Wrong day. 24 hours early. Yeah, you were really early. So the first time since becoming parents that we've actually been punctual for anything. But you were too early. So, so punctual. Uh, I was late today and I was like, so sorry I'm late to the dad. And he was like, don't worry about it. I was like, technically, though, you were super I early. was 24 hours you were early. There before it's the just parents. you were here. You were there before the parents and the birthday boy. Yeah, I was more organised than you, girl. Yeah. The party actually being today was a problem for us because we had plans to be in a different city, taking the kids to see their grandparents, my parents, for the first time in uh, quite some time, actually, because my both my parents have suffered from COVID uh, mm-hmm. recently. So um, this is the first time we've seen them in a while because of isolation and things like that. Yeah, but we managed to get back. You did a lot of driving today, babe. Did a good job. I'm live hanging. long and prosper. I might live long if I sleep. Yeah. Um, so that was, the I guess, the comedy of the week for you. Well, I felt really stupid. And then afterwards, I got in the car and Harrison was fuming. He was so angry with me. And I looked at him. I went, go on. He was like, what? Wow. Say it. He went, say what? And I was like, say that I'm a stupid poo-poo head. And he didn't even laugh. He just went, you're a stupid poo-poo head. And I was like, wow. Ouch. (laughs) 
brutal from uh, from Harrison. Yeah, it was a blow. Uh, he's a five-year-old kid, by the way, guys. You might be thinking that he's some teenager, but he's no, no. He might behave like one. But, um, but no, uh, Harrison really enjoyed this week's Lower Decks. He did. Actually. Uh, so I covered Wait, his eyes. It, yeah. For the certain nudity bit that we've already referenced. We'd already watched the episode before he watched it this time, so able to cover his eyes. Except I did let him see them getting sucked out of the airlock, because I thought that was funny. So yeah, he did find that funny as well. And he really identified with this episode with Boimer trying to get the perfect score, because Harrison's really into computer games. And very competitive. Don't know where he gets that from. I have no idea. It's probably... Well, it's definitely not from me, I can tell you that much. So it must be from his mother's side, but I'm not sure. Hang on, I was being facetious. Were you joking? No, I'm being serious. Okay, good. It's you. Yeah, I know. It's you. Okay. Yeah, it's you. <laughs> also, don't use the word facetious. Because if you can't spell it, well, rather, if I can't spell it, <laughs> yeah, I, was say, I, can spell I don't it. want it to be in a conversation. Okay. So, and I've already been embarrassed enough on the getting the name of the episode wrong of Lower Decks. So, don't do that again. Oh, good one. You're on a warning. First <laughs> okay. strike. Speaking of strikes... Uh, we kind of chatted about this on her first track that dropped this week. We will be at DST, Destination Star Trek, in, what, 12th to the 14th of November. Mm-hmm. We will be there. We're there the whole weekend as guests. And, sorry, as, I said as guests, as paying guests, not as actual, like, guests on a panel. Oh, yeah. If I mean... Can you imagine? No. Just us with, you know, Tawny, Jack, Eugene, all of them. Great. I love how you're like first naming everybody. As if I'm their best like friend. Like besties. Yeah. And uh, yeah, we'll be there now. And the strikes thing is a tie into one of the parties, which is baseball from the DS9 episode. And then we've also got the Captain Proton one we're going to do. We're still debating what we're going to wear for those. We think we assume it's cosplay. So please, in the comments of any, wherever you listen to this and whichever social media platform you may follow us on, let us know what you may be wearing to give us some ideas. We haven't got much time now, Kate, to actually get this. Why did that sound so creepy when you said that? What about what they're let wearing? Let us know what you're wearing. Oh, yeah. I don't, yeah, I don't mean like, <laughs> let me know what you're wearing now, babe. What are you having naked time? Yeah, it's not like, send me a pic of what you're wearing right now. But also, if you, seriously, if you have a good outfit idea, please do. Oh, if you, to be honest, if you are wearing a good outfit right now, send a pic, Kate. You would love to see it. I really like yeah. clothes. So, so, yeah, send us a pic. Yeah. Are you even going to be at Destination Star Trek? Let us know. Uh, we'd love to. Yeah, Let's come to Katie. Um, Katie's very social. I'm not, for what it's worth. I'm, <laughs> I'm what they would describe loosely as antisocial, but always happy to have fun and a laugh with people, particularly over Trek. However, if you are a gatekeeper of Trek, if you dislike any of the modern Treks, I can't be your friend. Uh, I know they say I sh- you have a right to an opinion, and you do have a right to an opinion. But if your opinion sucks. Yeah, but if your opinion's wrong, <laughs> <laughs> then I have the right to discount. One's opinion. Is that right? Yeah, not too correct, I don't think. But No, probably not. I get uh, it. But I love, I love all Trek, so screw it. I'm even loving Voyager on her first track when we're watching it. So I'm, I'm actually enjoying Voyager. What's wrong with Voyager? I don't know. It just it left me with an empty feeling throughout my teenage years. <laughs> oh, Jesus. But, but I'm enjoying the rewatch of it. Loving even the early TNGs. That's quite a statement. Social media, please follow us. On the Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, we are on at Blast Shield Up. Katie's laughing because I just made a, a cock up that I will have edited out <laughs> as we say this because she mocks the way I say the social media names. But yeah, at Blast Shield Up. Please drop us a review on Apple Podcasts. Uh, five stars, ideally. Anything below that, you break in the one rule. What's the first rule, Kate? Don't be a dick. Don't be a dick. You break in the rule if you give us less than five. If you don't have the time to drop a review, that's fine. Just hit the stars. Just hit the stars. Someone did that this weekend, Kate. Oh, thank you. Another five stars. Thank you very much, whoever that was. I haven't got a full review, though, so I can't read it out. But if you do leave a review, we will 
read it out. Fantastic engagement about last week's episode uh, we saw on social media. The spam discussion really lit up. <laughs> I mean, on... that came from nowhere. Yeah, and it, it, but it was the main conversation point that we had on <laughs> on Twitter. Uh, a whole lot. It turns out we have a lot of spam lovers here. So uh, if you engaged in that conversation, thank you so much. Uh, we even have some Minnesotans. Is that you say? I guess. Yeah, listen to the show. So defending their spam use. Like I wasn't anti-spam for what it's worth. I, I'm a vegetarian for some context, so, yeah, so I'm anti. So am I. I'm, I'm also a vegetarian. Uh-huh. She's making that because I may have relapsed recently after a year and a half. And it's a tough time. I feel shame when I'm eating right it's, now. It's absolutely no judgment. If you if you eat meat, cool. Do your thing. If you're veggie, vegan, whatever you want, do your thing. But don't tell people that you're a vegetarian whilst devouring 14 chicken wings. <laughs> And then on the same day, having like a meatball sub and then getting a lamb madras. Like, <laughs> rein it the fuck in. To be fair, right. Choose a path and stick with it for fuck's sake. Yeah. To be fair, my meatball subs are the meatless meatballs, okay? Oh, oh, so, oh okay. so I do go meatless there. I'm I'm relapsing. You shouldn't be like shaming me like this. I'm not shaming you. You're shaming me right Just now. don't tell people you're a vegetarian. because I have been vegetarian for over 18 months. And I have relapsed just recently. Mm-hmm. I'm going to get it back in track. But before then, I'm going to... You know, go live, to town. Yeah, I'm going to live hard. Uh, eat hard. You're going to go out in a blaze of glory. Yeah, eat hard. Die young. So, yeah, let's just get into the discussion anyway about this week's episode, I think. Yep. Let's do it. So the basic premise of I Excretus is that there's some kind of training thing being done on the ship. And all the lower deckers are now the like senior crew kind of thing. And the senior crew have to live time on the lower decks to, I guess, what, get the experience of how the other side live. And then for Boimler and them, who are sort of replacing senior crew, they have to go into these little holopods, which are pretty cool devices. So we've yeah. not really seen holopods before. You want like a holopod in every house. Yeah, but I imagine it's like one of those things you have to be super minted for. Yeah, until the knockoffs start getting made. Oh my god, imagine Wish holopods. Yeah, but like, they wouldn't have the safeties of the normal ones, so you'd probably get like electrocuted inside it. So the holopods, which are really cool, they're basically, uh, it's like a greatest hits of Star Trek, really, where they find themselves having to try and pass uh, missions that, well, based on missions that previous Starfleet crews have faced, so stuff that we've all seen from other Star Trek episodes. We saw Borg, Borg Adventure, with the Borg Queen as well. Shout out to the original actress who played uh, the Borg Queen. I can't remember how to pronounce her surname, though. It says Alice, Alice Krieg? Krieg? Spell it. Krieger? What? I don't know. K-R-I-G-E. K-R-I-G-E. I don't know. Where's she from? Delta Quadrant. Ha ha. The Borg homeworld. I don't know. Great to have her back with the voice. I did wonder with the voice, because she sounds a bit different now. Obviously, she's a lot older, but I did wonder if it was her. And then obviously her name comes up in the end credits. But we saw Mirror Universe 1 as well. Mm. Uh, we saw a riff on Star Trek 2. With uh, I don't want to spoil it too much for you, uh, that scene. There was uh, some stuff in this episode that I knew was spoilers. Like what? Well, you know what my memory's like. I discommitted it from memory. I was like, I'm just going to forget that they said that. Oh, wow. Okay. I've done that a couple of times this season. Oh, really? Mm. You're trying to ignore old spoilers. I can think of one or two that you may have been purposely trying Mm. to blank out. Because I thought if I ask you about it, I'm more likely to remember. Yeah. So Kate's referring to the fact that she's currently watching all the old shows of which Lower Decks uh, is constantly sort of um, giving nods to. So, But you do understand a lot of them now. I do. That's good. So uh, the basic gist then from this episode is that 
They keep failing. Mariner has a really bad episode. Just fails at everything. Oh, we saw one on the Naked. We saw Naked Time. Naked Holodeck Time. Holodeck mission as well, which we've already obviously kind of spoken about earlier with um, about Gene's vision and all that stuff. And then uh, it turns out that the training coordinator for it all was actually making it too hard because Starfleet crews are, too, are doing too good. And so uh, she may be out of a job soon. So she decided to make it too hard so that she could disband the crew and prove that her role was necessary. Doesn't that just sound like something which actually happens? Oh, yeah, I'm pretty sure I've encountered people like that before. Yeah, they try to cause chaos just so that they can justify their own existence. Drives Um, me mad. That alien, by the way, is from the animated series. Ah, okay. I did wonder because I thought, I don't think any of the older shows would have been able to accomplish this kind of complex three-parted alien yeah, it wouldn't have been done like on, humans. Certainly like not human. back in the day. Nowadays, no. maybe. But even then, they'd be like, is it worth the cost Imagine that. of doing it? A uh, little uh, thing I saw on Twitter, actually, uh, the other day was that her species in the animated series had like three or four f- fingers in most frames. But then in certain other shots would have like five fingers from the animated series. So mm. apparently Lower Decks did it in this episode as well. They did the exact same. What? thing so in some on some occasions you can see like five fingers or uh, basically an extra finger so it, I that's thought really fun that's like a really what a deep dive into mm. uh, sort of trek trivia that is to keep that going i think that's hilarious I, mean, I guess that just kind of proves how much the people who create this show love star trek yeah because i think some people would probably be like how dare they make fun of oh no not like all. this like... but i think it's it just shows they love it this writing team this these artists, they know more about Star Trek than the fans who complain that Lower Decks takes the piss out of Star Trek or something. Like they, these people clearly know much more about the franchise than than the ones who are supposedly defending it. The main um, thing that kicks off this episode is the uh, Lower Decks crew, our main cast, getting left behind in spacesuits when the Cerritos flies off and comes back six hours later. I guess the guys are almost at the brink of death that point the mariner calls out the fact that the senior crews don't care about anyone else and uh, that's obviously what causes the swap around roles and things like that in this one but i just thought all we're doing this episode we'll just talk about the holodeck missions because there was yeah, a whole lot more yeah. to the episode so i thought let's start with mariner and so she goes into the mirror universe first and i think that was kind of their way of showing like it's going to be fun we're going to have fun in this episode because the mirror universe I didn't realize until this episode that the visuals of the mirror universe at least the tos era of it uh, really work in animation i think it's because it's all like bright colors and yeah, yeah. pretty plain yeah it worked it worked really well didn't it um so mariner was in a pretty much in a, a hoover outfit uh, we saw evil mirror versions of billips rutherford i uh, enjoyed evil rutherford evil rutherford so was it billips who said torturing people makes him horny <laughs> and then rutherford says what was it when he Getting gets horny? Want, makes, makes him want, want to torture. torture. <laughs> so Bill's like, "Wow, we could do this all day." Long. You know what's really hilarious? Like, there's a gag with the mirror universe that you have a beard and stuff when you're in the mirror yeah, universe, yeah, like yeah. goatee. Did you notice that Billups, who normally has a moustache, yeah, didn't had a beard but yeah, didn't have the yeah, moustache? Yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> I didn't know it was Billups. him at first. Yeah, it was hard to tell because without mm. the moustache, he looks a bit generic. But yeah, I thought they were really funny. And Rutherford's voice was different as well. Yeah. Like he had more of like a manly gruff. I also enjoyed Evil Boimler. I love that he couldn't grow a pop a proper goatee. Do you notice that? <laughs> no, we didn't. Like it's just it's as if they just thought when they're doing it, think saying like you just know that Boimler probably can't grow a beard. No. So yeah, this like really lame goatee. And uh, he's the one who susses out though that Mariner yeah, was yeah. not the real evil Mariner. I'm gonna go deep now. 
Okay. It's kind of like foreshadowing for Boimler because he's been saving the day a lot recently and he kind of saves the day later on in the episode too. It's very true, actually. So mirror universe Boimler. Yes, he's evil, but he's capable. Yeah. Actual this universe Boimler. Bit of a weasel. Yeah. But But capable. Getting far too capable now, actually. Far too capable. To the point where I'm starting to think there's some merit in. I think, did you suggest before that... Uh, that William Boimler might be the Boimler we've got? No. Did I? Maybe I saw online someone thinking that maybe the, our Boimler isn't the real Boimler and that we've got William Boimler. I don't know. It, not, mm. it doesn't make a whole lot of sense because there's been enough comments to suggest that this is Bradwood Boimler, but he is very efficient at his job now, so I don't know. But then William Boimler is, is Boimler. True, but he's just smoother. How does that happen with a transporter clone? It's like when you have a sibling that's cooler than you. I wouldn't know about that at all. None of my siblings are cooler than me. <laughs> what do you think your sister's cooler than you? She's cooler than me. I disagree. I think you're the coolest. Yeah, you have to say that though. Yep. So Mariner failed the Mirror Universe one. What was the next one she did? Was that the that was the Wild Wild West? Yeah. One. I love that she took my how it's a classic Starfleet <laughs> and all that to be on a, a town that resembles the Wild West. So got on a horse. I take real issue with the episode trying to claim later that she couldn't get on a horse because she did get on that horse. She just couldn't stay on the horse. Now, if, if the safeties were off, I feel like she probably would have died in this one. He was like jumping on her. I actually time, wouldn't it? put it past that three-parted alien woman to turn yeah. the safeties off and be like, oh, someone even died, they're so incapable. Yeah. Promote know, right? me. I like the ridiculousness of Tendy's one where she's got medical ethics, isn't she? Oh, yeah, and yeah. so she's got a Klingon who is kind of, he's on his, it seems like he's on his deathbed, but he's not going to die a heroic death. So he wants her to stab him with his Klingon knife that looked horrific. Like, oh, if that wow. goes into you, there's little sharp bits of it pointing off in all directions. It's like, it looks worse than it does when you see them on TV. That's going to rip everything. You're never going to be able to heal that. I think that's the point. Yeah, well, yeah. But she couldn't do it. Then even the Starfleet doctors who came to help couldn't believe that she wasn't giving him an honourable death. And they were gutted when he was coming back to life because it was going to spoil Time him. of life. Yeah. Uh, so uh, I thought that was funny. And she failed. And I mean, what was the right thing to do in that situation? I don't know, and it was actually really winding me up, because what do you do? It didn't even look like he was going to die. Like, he wasn't ill. So Why what, did he want to die? Because Klingons just want to die honourable deaths. Yeah, I know, but if you're fine, surely you don't. Sometimes you still want to die an honourable death. Well, you just get to a point where you're, like, sick of this shit. Yeah, don't we all? Well. <laughs> and uh, so Tandy failed, and Rutherford had a pretty epic fail. Yeah. Well, we got to see a Constitution refit for the first time in Lower Decks. It's a riff on Star Trek Two, as I mentioned earlier, a particular scene towards the end of that film. And Rutherford just can't get into the like radiation chamber, whatever the official name is for it, because it's too hot and uses boots, gets in there, ship blows up. I'm going to say what I always say with holodeck stuff, is how do we get to see I know. the outside? Because that wouldn't happen. Because we were watching this with the kids, and then Harrison's like, oh! <gasps> And we're like, oh, it's not real. It's just in the holodeck. And even he looked confused. And I was like, yeah. he gets it. Yeah. I'm I'm going to go with what I suggested weeks back, was that the holodeck presents us with cutscenes. This roundabout onto the one which has caused all the controversy, which is the Naked Time uh, mission that Mariner had to do, which we find out later on that Freeman says that all of the missions were available for everyone to watch. So I would be very distressed if I was one of the crew seeing I know. That they'd made naked versions of all of us and we were all banging each other. And by banging, I mean penetrating and... Um, entering? 
entering, exiting. Receiving. Receiving, giving. Taking. Taking. Oh, definitely some taking. Clawing. Clawing. Um, riding. Uh, climbing. Climbing. Posing. Boimler had the pose down. Uh, this uh, is the one bit which really apparently is... It's one of two moments. This That shot of Boimler, which is censored, where he's got his legs spread. And they censor out his, where his penis clearly was going to be. I'm assuming erect. So. I mean, the, the black thing was pointing up, not down, so... Oh, I didn't even pick up on that. It's not surprising that you did, though, you big perv. How dare you? And this is the bit where you see Jet as well without his, any muscles on his legs whatsoever. But yeah, some people were outraged by this. Now, I thought it was hilarious. Just this massive orgy going on in the... It's not really the mess hall, is it? It's the bar, I guess. I, I don't know what they call it. how they could push it any further than Mugato romp. But they, they went there. They yeah. saw that destination and they kept going. I do wonder if... Reaction to this and to the Magato Gamato sex stuff is making them dial back season three if they've got anything like it. I've got no issue with it at all. And they do say that no publicity is bad publicity. Trending on Twitter is great. But I wonder if they are looking at it thinking, well, we ain't going to apologize for what we've done here because we think it's funny. But do they think we'll probably not go that far in future? I think just an opinion. That if you are offended by a cartoon bum, you need to reevaluate your life. Yeah. Just everything from the bottom up. What from the bum the up? <laughs> you need to you need to reevaluate everything from the bum from up. From the bum up. I'm going to put it out there that no one was complaining when Paul got a bum out. Mm-hmm. What you don't want to see big Shax's claw marked bum? Yeah, there's a little bit of a double standard here. I mean, we all love to Paul's bum. I'm going to call sexism. Yeah, definitely. Well, most of the people who do complain are just clearly inferior men. A lot of men who think they are the, the alpha male or the epitome of man and masculine and stuff are probably the most inferior version of men you can possibly get. Because they have to show it off more. Yeah, they've got to put it out there. It's those who, those who shout the loudest, the ones who often don't even believe what they're saying. You know what I mean? It's kind of, it's pathetic. The ones who have to wave their dick in your face. Yep. Ah, oh, the ones with no dick. Well, I don't know if that's an actual quote. No, dick, uh, it, it, it's, it's a philosophy. It certainly lacked the um, poeticness of normal sayings, but I'm sure with a little bit few revisions. You bit could, of finesse. Yeah. yeah I mean, it it a was a first draft. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it wasn't Shakespeare, <laughs> but I get your point. Absolutely. <laughs> what was your favourite one of those? And I haven't mentioned another mission purposely, which we haven't got to yet. Oh, the holodeck ones. Yeah. By far naked time. Yeah. yeah it was hilarious. I loved Mariner's reaction. Truly horrified. Yeah. If there was ever any, like, slight doubt that maybe they're going to try and get her and Boimler together, her face and her reaction to his nakedness was just a nail in the coffin of I that think it, relationship. Was it the Boimler one that sent her over the edge? Yeah. yeah. She actually opened the airlock <laughs> to try and die. Yeah. And I've seen people point out on our Twitter that... Uh, when she's in the airlock, I think it was Billips and possibly Shaq. She gets ends up stuck in a sandwich yeah, yeah. between them as well. <laughs> like what a what a fate! What a way to go. Uh, now, presumably, it would have been quite accurate as well. This holodeck version, maybe it's based on like holographic scans of them. She would have seen what Boyman would look like completely erect. You said to me today, your phone is like watching you yeah. or listening to you. I hope that the holodeck program does not just get to follow you around and scan you whilst you're standing there with an erect penis. Something's just like in your in your quarters, just waiting for the moment. Scanning get you. for accuracy. Yeah. Oh gosh. 
You better have to make sure like you're always erect, otherwise it might well, not get Well, let's be honest. Right. I mean, if, if <laughs> let's be honest, if you're going to create, if you're going to put a version of you in the holodeck, like in the computer library, you're going to add a few inches, aren't you? And you'd be like, wow, I didn't know he had that 24-inch <laughs> python hidden away in, his, in his trousers. Leg. Yeah, and like, holy crap, where's he keeping that in his uniform, you know? You'd have to do they it. had to make it special. Yeah, you would have to do it. So obviously they all fail and we find out it's because there's awful trainer uh, so yeah the last uh holopod mission the one that uh, wasn't being failed was boimler against the borg and finally we get contacts from the trailer of boimler being a borg i think first off he gets like what was it 68 78 and then he bumps it up because he passed and uh, we see klingon babies for the first time There's in not klingon babies oh what did i say klingon babies we see borg babies for the first time in <laughs> you think you're editing that out don't you <laughs> He said Klingon. He meant Borg. He's a fucking amateur, man. Screw you. <laughs> can't, I, may, I can't work with this guy. <laughs> I may leave it in there anyway, just for the sake of it now. Yeah, for good. The abuse. Yeah. People can hear the abuse I take on this show. <laughs> hey, we've got the expert getting a Borg and a Klingon confused. I mean, come on. Ah, but you say that, but what about a Klingon that's been turned into a Borg? I mean, I didn't know that could happen. So. That can happen. We've seen it. Really? Mm. Me? Have I seen it? Uh, yeah, you have seen it. Have I? You wouldn't have noticed it, though. Oh. Was it when Klingons just had beards? No. <laughs> no, it was, uh, it was in First Contact, which he watched me a few months ago. Oh. You see uh, you see, like a Klingon that's been borgified or assimilated to the actual thing. <laughs> I prefer the verb borgified. Borgified. Would it be better, like, you know, was it we are the Borg? Prepared to be borgified. Yeah. <laughs> you will be borgified. And you're like, whoa, yeah, dude. Resisting borgification is futile. <laughs> borgification, dude. We've lost it. I, I borgify, you borgify. He, she borgifies. <laughs> I have borgified. What's the... Um, uh, that You can dance if you... What's it? What are you thinking of that? And if you can borg, I can borg. Let's get borgified. Doo 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 I don't know. I'm just. Uh, I think we're... you should change our theme tune. <laughs> What's me singing that? Yeah. No background music. Just just, just that, that clip. Yeah, the official song. Yeah. For Blast Shield. God, life. What has um, happened to us? If today? I had time, I would write official lyrics and record it as like the outro. You always said you wanted to record an album. Yeah. Now is that time. Yeah, I don't know if I thought Borgified would be my first track, but... It'll be the number one hit single. Christmas number one. <laughs> Get it out quick. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, uh, Boimler has to keep going. He finally got to 100%. He was like the obsessed gamer trying to uh, repeat it. When he gets to 100%, it turns out they need him to keep the program running because they need to scare the trainee woman into... Uh, making them all passes again and she can only do that within the time that the last holopod mission is still taking place which is boimler's one uh, so it ends up with boimler getting assimilated which has become one of those questions i've always often wondered was that if you got assimilated on the holodeck like what happened he was definitely different so it did something to him i don't know whether like holodeck experiences would actually just give you ptsd but he was at the end. He was kind of he like, they took everything from me. He looked a mess. Yeah, we would be after that. And how long would you, if you stayed in there for like a couple of hours, would that be it for you? Like, would your brain be like scrambled eggs? Yeah, it's weird, isn't it? I don't know. So overall, I mean, we've been all over the place on this episode. This has not followed our normal formula at all. Nor has much of this season actually. Running two podcasts at the same time is hard. I know, know right? All the editing and... 
and you wouldn't have a clue. You wouldn't have a clue. All I do is basically borrow your voice for a certain amount of time a week. No, I feel and like a fraud. Yeah, you are. I'm no podcaster. You're, you're not. You're fake. <laughs> Phony. It's a fake. You don't get that reference yet. No. no. I mean, yeah. One of the best Deep Space Nine episodes ever. Hint, hint. Spoiler. Hashtag. In the pale moonlight. Okay. Oh, I could put another version of that now with the S9 one. Because the episode's called in the, in the Pale Moonlight. So it could be, everybody's in the pale moonlight. Don't you butcher Making, my song. I can't, spoil a, uh, I can't spoil the episode by continuing the song, but I feel like there is a song to be written to Dancing in the Moonlight for In the Pale Moonlight. No one needs to ruin that song. Oh, God. i got all sorts going on in my head now. Uh, yeah, we've gone off the, off the... Creative juices flowing. Yeah, they are. So, what do you think of this episode then, Kate? A lot of people call this their favourite Lodex ever. I can't go that far. Oh. Uh, I can see why. Yeah. It was awesome. It was really funny. It was quite funny. I had a couple of, like, laugh out loud moments. It was really yeah, good. Yeah, it was, it was a really good episode. Nothing's ever going to beat the season one finale for me, I don't think. Ooh, but that was so serious. Yeah, I know. I'm getting really worried about the season two finale, though, because it's got a lot to live up to. But I did really enjoy this episode. I liked how different everything was, you know? Like, there was so much different stuff in there. More like a, yeah, the like different environments. Who ever and... thought that we'd see the Borg plus naked time plus in one episode, yeah, Wild West? Some track classics right there. And who would have thought when this show started we'd see Boimler face off with the Borg Queen? Do you ever feel this is a very a bit of a random question that the holodeck can give the, like that kind of idea that? It doesn't really matter what happened. You know, like, when people cop out of a story and they're like, and it was all a dream. I feel like the holodeck does that to some experiences of characters. Like, something happens and it's like, but it was all in the holodeck. Oh, you mean, like, when we don't know that they're in the holodeck at first and then you... Yeah. It's like, end program, you're like, son of a gun. Yeah, that was a cop out. Yeah, but it's a nice little twist. And it works every time. Every time. It really does, actually. Yeah, And they time. always find ways, actually, which I've just realised, of... Making it a bit scary, so like, oh, we've just passed through like a quantum phase something or other, and now we can't open the doors. And whatever happens in there is going to happen for real, because the holodeck safeties are off. Yeah. That happens a lot. In truth, holodecks should just not be How did they ever pass any kind of risk assessment? Well, that's us done, I think. We've done our job. We've got a weekly episode out again. Reviewing holodecks. One of my favourite Star Trek shows. Katie, take us out. Oh no, now you just put me on the spot and it's the same thing as when I can't do an intro. Yeah, but I was kind of thinking it was only, when I say take us out as well, I feel like it's like take us out of space dock. I know, well I was just trying to think, like how do I do that? Well, I'm not, I'm not bridge And trained. as we're doing this conversation, the exact situation is happening with lower decks where they end up just like blowing up, yeah. blowing up because yeah. they hit, hit the freaking doors and I feel like that's exactly what we're doing right now is we're not getting any proper intro at all. Shit. We're just arguing with each other. Engage! And then we're just banging into the, into the doors. This show is brought to you by Sweet Media. Computer, list other available Sweet Media programs. Loading Sweet Preview Program 4, The Janeway, a Star Trek Voyager podcast. Yeah, so we cut to night time. Harry sneaks out of the bed and starts looking up Voyager with his security codes, etc. Um, again, should be in underwear, but... Computer, show me Tom Paris. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> show me his location right now. Oh, he's 450 metres away. <laughs> hey. Oh my gosh, it was grinding. <laughs>
He's like, I have to go to a hookup, Olivia. I have to go to Bear. I have to. He found. He found him Tom on, on Space Star Trek Grinder, and he's like, it's Space Grinder. Loading Holosuite Preview Program Four Beyond Farpoint, a Star Trek: The Next Generation podcast. And cards the other character trying to solve the mystery. So he leaves for that reason alone. It could be, and it could really be any character. Any one of the, of the main cast members could have gone with Data and been there with Data several days later, trying to solve what happened to the Enterprise. It's it, it it's very very much a kind of a, a plot reason and nothing more. I think. Yeah, um, I kind of wish Data had stayed on the ship actually, because I would like to have seen him regress to a pocket calculator. <laughs> Computer, deactivate Holosuite.